Hello and welcome. This is Colleen O'Grady, the host of the Power Your Parenting Moms of Teens podcast. This is a gathering place for moms of preteens, teens, and young adults. My mission is to first and foremost support and encourage you, mom, so that you can live well and reclaim your life. Two, this show will help you have the best possible relationships with your teens so that you can communicate, motivate, and guide them effectively and actually enjoy them. And third, I will bring you top-notch guests who will share the newest in adolescent research and trends so you can be prepared and aware of what your teens are facing today. Always you will leave each episode armed with practical parenting tips. Welcome back, everyone, to the 225th episode of Power Your Parenting Moms of Teens podcast. I'm Colleen O'Grady, the host of the show. One of my favorite things to do is work with a group of like-minded moms. It could be my Dollop the Dream book club, my Power Your Parenting program, or my Moms Moving Forward program. What I really love about these groups is that over the seven to eight weeks that we work together, moms feel safe enough to be really honest about what's going on in their life and how they're feeling. In one of my groups, a mom, I'll call her Sharon, opened up and told us that she had just found out some disturbing things about her daughter. Sharon was greatly concerned for her daughter's well-being, and I could tell she felt ashamed to tell us what she did. I was concerned about her daughter, but I was also concerned about Sharon's well-being. Sharon wanted to know what to do and how to handle what was going on with her daughter. We discussed some parenting strategies, and then I moved from focusing on the daughter to focusing on mom. I could see how much anguish Sharon was feeling. I said, what's so hard about these situations is how it affects us so deeply. We feel such deep anguish. And what do you do with all that anguish? Sharon really resonated with the word anguish. She said, that's it. That's what I'm feeling. Sharon felt seen in a good way. And I had a lot of compassion for Sharon. I know the feeling of anguish all too well as a mother. What surprised me is how this hit home with the other moms in this group. The other mom stepped up and said, oh yeah, I feel that too. They could relate to the anguish of mothering. Immediately, the moms felt a sense of relief just by naming that this intense experience is anguish. Like, oh, this is a thing that lots of moms experience, and it's not just me. Just naming this feeling, the experience is anguish, seemed to lower the intensity of the emotional pain. And this is why I am focusing on anguish in this episode. If you are a mom and anguishing over your kids, I want you to know you are not alone. You are not a bad mom. But I think so many moms suffer alone with these big feelings of anguish. You see something in your teen that you feel shame about or are worried about. You hide this from others because you don't want to be judged, and it would feel too awful to tell anyone else. So you isolate in your anguish. We hide our anguish because we are socialized to put our social media facade out there in the world. We put our shiniest version of ourselves and our families out there for all to see. And when we look at social media and see all these sparkly, perfect pictures, it intensifies our anguish that our teens are falling short, and so are we. 
when we compare ourselves to others, we are comparing ourselves to the picture-perfect version of life. And what is true? No one is putting the whole truth out there for all to see. So the real stuff is hidden from all. And a perfectionistic culture makes it really hard to be honest about what's really going on in your life, especially when it comes to your feelings. It's okay to talk about our teens' accomplishments, like when they get into high school or college. It doesn't feel okay to talk about how our teens are struggling and how we anguish over them. Here's what's normal, moms. You can love your teen and the teenage years. You can be proud of their accomplishments and think they are amazing. And your teens will struggle, make some choices that scare you, make you sad, and pushes against your values. All these things cause us anguish. So what is anguish? According to the dictionary, anguish is severe mental pain or suffering. Anguish is being extremely distressed about something. Anguish is not the same as worrying, though worry is a part of anguish. Worry can be a nagging thought like a pesky fly. Anguish is 10xing our worry. It not only attacks your thoughts, it also attacks your emotions and body. Brene Brown writes in Atlas of the Heart, Anguish is an almost unbearable and traumatic swirl of shock, grief, and powerlessness. Shock can take our breath away, and grief and powerlessness often comes for our heart and minds. But anguish, the combination of these experiences, not only takes away our ability to breathe and feel and think, it comes for our bones. Anguish often causes us to physically crumble in on ourselves, literally bringing us to our knees or forcing us all the way to the ground. The element of powerlessness is what makes anguish traumatic. We are unable to change, reverse, or negotiate what has happened. And even in those situations where we can temporarily reroute anguish with to-do lists and tasks, it finds its way back to us. So thank you, Brene Brown, for that definition. If you are a mom of a teen, you have felt anguish. You can experience anguish at every stage of being a mother, but the anguish is especially intense in the teenage years. Why the teenage years? Up to around age 10, your child is more sheltered. You know your kid's friends. They are children, and though they are definitely not perfect and have lots of sibling squabbles, there is an innocence about them. But around 11, puberty hits and adolescence starts. They will soon be exposed to smartphones and social media. Middle school becomes a flood of exposure to the big adult and bad world. Your kids are exposed to drinking, drugs, and sexual identities, and the online world exposes them to the brilliance of the World Wide Web and the dark web with a whole host of scary predators and negative influences appear just by clicking the wrong link. The stakes are higher in adolescents and teens feel that pressure. This impacts their mental health, their performance, and their future. We are in a perfectionistic culture that makes parents believe that we can perfectly engineer our teens and that if we are doing our job, our teens will stay on track like a straight arrow to success. Parents, we do our best to protect and guide our teens. We think if we are good moms and are hypervigilant enough, our teens don't have to experience anguish. This is faulty thinking because this assumes that we can protect our teens all the time and that they can soar through the teenage years perfectly with no bumps, mistakes, or heartbreaks. 
But this is not the human condition. And the teen culture they face today is treacherous territory. As a therapist, I have the privilege to have real and vulnerable conversations with moms. And here's what anguish sounds like. My daughter won't talk to me. She just stays in her room. My son or daughter sent a sexual picture that went around the school. I found out my daughter is taking testosterone and wants to transition to a boy. My daughter told me she wants to die. My son is heartbroken after the big breakup. He won't get out of bed. My son is failing all of his classes and doesn't care about his future. My daughter was date raped and she's having trouble with school. My daughter is cutting on herself. I found vodka and weed in my middle school girl's room. My daughter told me she doesn't want to go to church and doesn't believe in God anymore. My 11-year-old son is on porn sites. My son just stays in his room all weekend gaming and says he doesn't have any friends. I am divorced and my daughter is living with her father and doesn't want to live with me or see me. My son was looking at getting a full scholarship for basketball. And then he got in a car accident and broke his leg and lost his scholarship. And of course, I could go on and on. I think what brings us intense anguish is when we feel alienated from our teen and they have shut us out and we are afraid that we will lose them. Or when you see your son or daughter lose their innocence way too early, or when you see they have been exploited or humiliated publicly, or when you see them alone with no friends and struggling with anxiety or depression, or when you see them reject your values and your morality or when you see them choose things that will jeopardize their future, or when the unimaginable happens and you see their dreams fall apart. As a therapist, I listen to moms tell me their stories of anguish. I feel compassion for them, but it's a completely different thing when I feel my own anguish as a mom. Anguish consumes you. It's hard to think about anything else. It's an experience that's hard to shake off. I feel heavy. I feel dizzy. I'll try to distract myself for a while, but then it comes back with a vengeance. I agree with Brene. There is a physicality to anguish, and you do feel powerlessness. To put it mildly, no person on earth would choose to feel anguish. And yet, because we love our kids deeply, we are vulnerable to feeling gut-wrenching anguish. Some of you may say, I don't feel anguish, I just feel angry. In psychology, we talk about primary emotions and secondary emotions. Many times the primary emotions feel more vulnerable and we push them away. Therefore, the secondary emotion rides in on top of the anguish, which is anger. If you find yourself getting really angry with your teen, it could be that underneath your anger is the anguish you feel over your teen's choices in future. The anguish we experience is not just about our deep distress about our teen's character, safety, and future. It's even bigger than that. When anguish takes up residence in you, shame is knocking at your door. Shame attacks you and says you're a bad mom and tells you that you're failing as a mom. It tells you that your teen is a failure and so you are a failure. It says if you were a good mom, you could control the situation. You should have been able to prevent that accident. You should be able to make your teen happier or more successful. Basically, shame tells you that you have screwed up and your teen is screwed up. 
And then shame opens the door to feeling judged. You judge yourself, but then you feel your mom, your spouse, your sister, your friends, your neighbor, the PTA, your church, your community is judging you too. And so is your team. And that feels awful. Okay, it's time for a little hope here. Our teens are biologically immature and will make mistakes and bad choices. And this is why they are living at home so they have a soft place to land, to learn, and get back up again. They will never be perfect, and there will be situations that will break your heart. But the good news is that's not the end of the story. Any movie you watch that holds your attention has a story arc. The story arc goes like this. Things are going okay, then things fall apart. And then there are lessons learned. Then you climb out of the pit and you reach a whole new level. It would be a very boring movie if everything was perfect the whole time. Even Hallmark movies have a moment of angst, betrayal, tension. And then, of course, everything resolves in the last five minutes of the movie when they kiss. So think of anguish in the context of a movie. There is tension and anguish in that moment. You feel that all is lost forever and that's it. But you don't stop the movie when there's tension or anguish. Why? Because you know the story keeps going and evolving. I talked to a mom yesterday whose daughter just graduated from high school. And I said, you must be so proud. And she told me, you have no idea. She said, it's a miracle that she even graduated. And then she told me her story. Her daughter's first semester in her junior year, her dad moved out and dad was not mentally stable and was volatile. And this greatly impacted her older daughter. And so she threw up every day of the fall semester of her junior year. And the school wanted her to pull out of the high school because she was missing so many classes. It looked like everything was falling apart. Her daughter was not okay mentally or physically, but mom got her into therapy and her daughter started to improve and was able to find peace within herself. As a result of this, she started going to school every day her spring semester, and her life continued to get better. In one of my sessions, I asked this mom if I could see her daughter's graduation picture. She showed it to me. Her daughter was beautiful, glowing, happy, and looked confident. I would have never known that she had such big challenges. Everything turned around for her daughter's senior year, and she got into her dream college. This mom's anguish turned into inexpressible joy. Even though anguish feels like it's going to last forever, most of the time anguish is temporary. And just knowing that it's temporary helps a lot. Think back to the last time you were anguishing over your teen and how things seem to eventually resolve. Finding evidence that anguish is temporary from your own history with your teen can help you calm down. Though it doesn't feel this way, anguish can be useful. In my book, Dial Up to Dream, I help moms make sense of their mothering stories, and I use the metaphor of a grinding wheel. And I write, in wisdom literature, there's a verse that says, as iron sharpens iron, so does one person sharpen another. Another translation says, it takes a grinding wheel to sharpen a blade, and so one person sharpens the character of another. I don't think it's a big reach for us moms to see how we've been the grinding wheel for our teens, setting expectations, setting boundaries, and our relentless monitoring, allowing her to push against us to become the best version of herself. 
This is the tough and necessary work of parenting. But friction abrades both sides. So it only makes sense that our teens have shaped us as well. I'd even argue there's no better grinding wheel than a teen. They're hardwired to persistently push us moms to our limits. They don't back down and they're always willing. Most moms have experienced a season or two of unbearable trying, hair-pulling times with their teens. There are moments you think, this is going to either destroy me or make me stronger. And in those moments, you're not so sure of the answer. The friction you experience from anguish can grow your character and make you stronger. And I know that sounds like a platitude, but I've experienced it. Anguish was a friction I needed to smooth out my ego and let go of pride, aided me in letting go of control, and it made me dig deep inside myself and strengthen my own faith. In other words, if there was no anguish, I would have never seen my blind spots, places in me that needed to mature, and I would never raise my hand to experience the grinding wheel. But I love the end result, how it has shaped who I am today and who I am becoming. Anguish is unhealthy when it becomes a permanent place that you live in. You don't want to get stuck in anguish. It's not the end of the story. So here are some ways you can dial down the anguish. One, find a trusted confidant. Don't suffer alone. If you keep anguish to yourself, you can get stuck in anguish. Isolation only increases the feelings of powerlessness. Find a trusted friend that you can be honest with. My sister is my trusted person. You can share with your partner unless your partner tends to blame you for everything. Find a safe group of moms where you can be really honest and know you won't be judged. If you can't move past the anguish, see a therapist or coach who can give you professional guidance for your situation and help you identify trauma or limiting beliefs holding you hostage. Again, make sure you are only sharing your anguish with someone you trust. You don't want to share anguish with someone who will blame you, judge you, or give you condescending advice. Sharing it with the wrong person will make you feel more ashamed and will only add to your anguish. You want to make sure you share it with someone you know who is kind, truly loves you, and will be empathic. Two, the second way you can dial down the anguish is ask yourself, is this true? I have sat in the room with parents who have just heard that their child had committed suicide. This is the most excruciating, heartbreaking anguish any parent could ever experience. This is an anguish that will torment these parents the rest of their lives. And so I need to say right now that if you feel like your teen is having suicidal thoughts, treat this seriously and make an appointment right now with a doctor or therapist and have them evaluated. But most of the things we anguish over in the teenage years is not a life or death situation, though it can feel like one. Let's talk about the girl who was caught sexting in middle school and sent a picture to her boyfriend that was passed around school. Yes, seeing the innocence stripped from your daughter is awful. And the public humiliation is awful. And I could understand why a mom would anguish over the situation. But truly, you can move past this situation. It's not life or death. Girls and boys can recover from this. This anguish is temporary and the family can move on. 
But often because of our fears, we keep fanning the fire by fanning the story in our head. Mom, this is where you want to pay attention to where your imagination is going. So you have the real situation that just happened, and then your imagination creates an even more anguishing story that hasn't happened yet. The story is not real, but we're afraid it could be. Like, my daughter's ruined. My daughter will become a stripper. My daughter will never meet a good man and settle down. My daughter is going to be sleeping around and have a horrible reputation her whole life. And the more we play the anguishing story that hasn't happened yet in our minds, the more the anguish keeps intensifying. Here's the scary thing. Our brain can't tell the difference between if it's happened or not happened yet. It feels like this story in your head that you've just made up is absolutely true and your body releases all the stress hormones that sends you into stress response as if it has already happened. So what we tell ourselves when we're anguishing will determine how long the anguish will last. You can dial down the anguish by asking yourself, is it true? Like, is it true that my daughter is ruined? No, it's not true because it hasn't happened yet. So since it hasn't happened yet, why not tell yourself something that is true that can put your mind at rest? Like, we will get past this. We can do hard things. This isn't the end of the story. This won't define my son or daughter in a negative way. She won't always avoid me. You know, a lot of girls get pulled into this. Thank God I found out about this now. My daughter has so many things going for her. We'll be able to get past this. A third way to dial down the anguish is to lower your expectations, especially if you tend to be a perfectionist and you believe in perfect progress. If your belief is, since we go to church, my son or daughter would never do this or that, then you need to lower your expectations. I think you're underestimating the teen culture and the digital world that your son or daughter has to navigate through. If you think I've raised my daughter to be better than this, you have underestimated the pressure she felt when she was threatened by the boy over and over again to send the picture or else he would ruin her reputation by doing X, Y, Z. And I have sat with these girls in my office. They were scared to death. They felt stuck. They thought sending the picture would make the problem go away. This is really difficult stuff to navigate through as a middle school girl. Anguishing over your daughter being in this situation is understandable. But if you think she's ruined your reputation and hers because you've raised her better, well, that is just amplifying the anguish for both you and her. So if you change your expectation, I've raised my daughter to be better than this too, my daughter will make mistakes and she's hardwired to make mistakes because of her undeveloped teenage brain, then you will use this as an opportunity to teach her and equip her with the skills she needs. And believe me, a middle schooler needs skills. When you do this, you are growth focused. You focus on the growth and not on your fear. Okay, let me say that again. You focus on how your son or daughter is growing, you focus on their growth and not your fear. When you do this, you will feel encouraged, and so will your son or daughter. Seeing their growth calms down the anguish. 
So change your perfectionistic high expectations to being growth focused. This brings us to the fourth way you can dial down the anguish, which is to take action. When you are growth focused, you take action. You don't minimize what happens. You acknowledge what happened and that it was worthy of anguishing over, but you don't get lost in those future tormenting stories because if you do, you often end up paralyzed and can't take action. When you get past your perfectionistic story and the why did this happen to me and ruin my perfect little world, then you are once again in the here and now and wanting to do something about it. I love moms who take action. Again, I have been a therapist for 30 years. These are the moms that call me up and say, I need help. How do I handle this situation? One mom called me and said, my daughter just came home from Vanderbilt. She is taking a semester off. Then mom pauses. She was raped on campus. She can't focus. She stopped going to classes. Can she come in and see you? I said, of course. Another mom said, My daughter is depressed. She doesn't want to leave her room. She just wants to watch movies all day long. I just found out that she wanted to die. These moms quickly took action. They felt the anguish, but they rose up from the anguish and made the phone call. The first action you take is to tell a therapist, a trusted friend, or call a therapist to help you figure out the next step. Then build the team you need to move past the situation. The more intense the situation, the more people you need on your team. Here's what I know, is that these anguishing seasons are temporary. I have 30 years of stories that tell me so. Even in these stories that I just mentioned, the girl who was raped on campus went back to school and went on to get her master's. The girl who was depressed and wouldn't leave her room went to college, went on to law school plus 30 years of stories that tell me so. And I have the privilege of seeing these teens and moms get to the other side, and most of the time, even better than they were before. Here's what I know, is that we can't escape the hard stuff. But your teens and young adults are amazing. You will be blown away about how resilient they are. So what can I tell myself when I'm feeling anguish? Again, What we tell ourselves is going to either increase our anguish or decrease our anguish. So if you want to decrease your anguish, you say things like this. I don't have to do this alone. There are others who understand and care. This situation is temporary. We can get past this. My teen is immature and that's normal. Teens are hardwired to make mistakes with their undeveloped prefrontal cortex, and they're still a work in progress till the mid-20s or more. When I don't know what to do, there are professionals who do. I can take conscious, effective action. And for those who believe in God, the universe, or higher power, put your anguish in God's hands and pray and visualize your son or daughter as fully healed and thriving. In other words, visualize them and you getting past the anguish. This concludes this week's episode of Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcast. If this podcast has been helpful, I would absolutely love it if you could go to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review 
this makes it easier for other moms like you to find the support and encouragement they need. Also, my award-winning, best-selling books, Dial Down the Drama, Reducing Conflict, Reconnecting with Your Teenage Daughter, and my newest release book, Dial Up the Dream, Making Your Daughter's Journey to Adulthood the Best for Both of You. You can find both of these books wherever books are sold. And you can find other great resources and contact me at ColleenOGrady.com. And that has two L's and two E's. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.